Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Testament Podcast. I'm Jeff Keck. And I'm Brandon Barton. And uh, before we begin this podcast, I want to say you may hear a lot of technical glitches throughout this podcast. The enemy does not want this episode mm. to air. The enemy does not want people to know about the Holy Land mm. or people go in there and the enemy doesn't want to put in your mind that you need to go visit. Um, so if you hear any hums or whistles or dings or clicks or anything that happened, there's all kinds of things happening with our sound system today that's never happened happened before on podcast recording. So um, I'm going to do everything I can in editing to get rid of those. But um, I apologize in advance if you hear those. But that's what it's all about. It's the enemy trying to infiltrate our system here. We are here with Chris Langford and his daughter, Brighton. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Brighton Langford. I'm, uh, I'm, um, I'm 17. I'm a junior in high school. My name's Chris Langford. Uh, married to a beautiful lady, Heather Langford. We have three wonderful kids, one of them here with us today. Brooklyn's our oldest. Brighton's the one with me today. And Charlie's our youngest. And yeah. Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Anyway, I want to go in order, okay? So I want to go back... Before you even made the decision to go to Israel. Mm, okay. okay. And so what was it that prompted the two of you to go to Israel? Like, What, may, what makes you say, hey, let's do this? Because at some point, there's always a thought, I want to do something. And then there's an action in which you actually take a step to go forth and do that. Okay. So my mentor, Casey Polly, her dad, her family, like, is, like, the, like the runners of the trip. And so... In 2021, um, she was talking to me about wanting me to go on the trip, um, but like the trip was only offered to juniors and seniors, hmm. and also like at the time, like I was not like prepared to go like spiritually or like like anyways, like I was like busy with like theater, like one act and all of that, and so like it just wasn't like a good time to go, and so like I didn't really bring it up to my parents. But then this year, like right as soon as they got back from the trip, um, she had talked to me about um, like what she had taught there because she, like I was helping her like plan the teaching before because she was really nervous about it. And so she like was telling me about how it went and like was showing me all the pictures and like telling me all about it. And I was like, I want to go. And she was like, okay, why do you want to go? And I was like, because I just, I want to see like, like God's place, like where God said like, these are my people. Mm. Like, I want to see all of that and see like where, like these Bible stories that I grew up like reading, like I want to see that come to life. And so then I think I brought it up to my dad. And at that point, I, th I think we were thinking about like both of my parents going. And so we like went to the meeting and we were like, okay, my mom and dad are going to go and me. But I, like at, during like that first meeting, which was just like an informational meeting, like we had already like made up our minds that like I was going to go. Um, do you want to tell why like specifically you went? Yeah. So <clears throat> leading up to it, you know, Heather and I had prayed about it and had discussions, and we knew 
without a shadow of a doubt that Brighton needed to go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with um, her discernment mm-hmm. and, you know, the spiritual gifts that God has given her. And we knew that she needed to go. And we both wanted to go. It was one of those things that, you know, money and everything kind of came into the picture. Yeah. So we prayed about it and Heather really felt like that I needed to go because with her spiritual warfare that she deals with and that Brighton deals with and the discernment she has, I've always been the one that's been able to <clears throat> work with her mm-hmm. and God has used me to help her through it and vice versa. And so that's kind of, it was all the spiritual aspect, the spiritual warfare aspect of it that brought the decision down to me going with her. Hmm. Like she said, there was no doubt that we we knew she needed to go. It was just on the back end, which one of us was going to be able to go. And there was a lot of um, obstacles for both of us. Hmm. Heather's diabetic. Uh, she was worried. She has asthma. She was worried about, you know, that aspect of it. Um, I probably have high anxiety about traveling and yeah. never been overseas. So, uh, Satan liked to use that, mm. you know, especially, uh, when the commitment was made, mm-hmm. uh, for me to go. Um, but yeah, yeah. Walking up to it, that, that it, it was definitely the spiritual aspect of it us knowing that she needed to go and 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 just kind of walking through which one or if both of us were able to to go with her so was it not even an option like at least one of you had to go you weren't going to send her by herself we had had to come we'd had the talks about sending her by herself um but Which is on, okay i wouldn't send my daughter by herself no so. and, and 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 with with the leadership that is with Jewish Christ Ministries, mm-hmm. I had no problem sending her yeah. Yeah. if she didn't go with us. They are great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, her having Casey as her mentor, um, so they already had communication and have been talking and working through some spiritual stuff that, that um, she has in common with Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Casey's mom and dad would, would have been great too. So... There was never a fear for her to go without us. Right. It was more on our end that we didn't want to, we didn't know what was going to take place spiritually. Mm. And we wanted to make sure that one of us was there and that we as parents didn't put that yeah. responsibility on somebody else mm. to to help walk her through that. And being, you know, seven, eight hour time difference, you know, it would have been very difficult if something came up and, she needed to call us and we didn't hear our phone or anything like that. So, yeah, and I think it's one of those things that it's, it's a common misconception because I've been twice and there, there is a, an element of discernment that the Lord has blessed me with. Israel is a, is a fantastic place. It's one of, it's probably my favorite place on the planet to go, but there are dark places there. It's, it's not just, uh, go and, and see where Jesus walked. Like you, you, you'll battle through certain things, right? And, and you'll, you'll, you'll be uh, confronted with darkness and evil in the midst of that, especially in Jerusalem, um, because there's a lot of spiritual warfare. They're fighting over that city. Mm. Um, and so it's, I'm glad you were able to go with her 
Um, because I think that she needed, even if you weren't by her side all the time, to know that you were there holding the rope for her in the same place, I think, was exactly what needed to happen. And, and I'm sure we'll later on get into more of, of the Jerusalem part because that was actually interesting what God did there. Right. Uh, I think for both of us. Yeah. Um, especially getting to the point, part of going into Jerusalem, what we were seeing before and what mm. we got there, which is actually opposite of what we expected. Which okay. we, we, we can talk more about that yeah. later. It's good. Yeah. So you mentioned something. You mentioned um, finances being, being a, a an issue with both of you going. Um, so before we even get into your trip at all, I want to go kind of broadly and what, pe- what most people, when I hear about people who want to go on mission trips, finances is always the one thing that they're like, can't go, can't go because of mm-hmm. this. Right. Um, and we were in the same boat when we, when we adopted our son from Uganda, we ended up going to Uganda every year after that. And so, pick, you know, finding the finances to send ourselves on a mission trip to Africa once a year, um, was also a struggle. So what, what's your, like, first, what made you decide, okay, great. We can't afford it. We're going to do it anyway. And then, you know, what's your advice to somebody who's struggling with that kind of a dilemma with missions? So, I mean, God's blessed us in so many ways for 26 plus years of marriage. So I say finances in the sense of, um, is that where our money needed to be spent? Mm. We, we, when we committed to the trip, whether we would have committed two of us or three of us, we had the money to do that already, in a sense, set aside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those things. Is that what we need to do? Right. And God clearly showed that at the time, that's not what we needed to do with that money, because I think he has plans for the future. Mm-hmm. And some of that money needed to be earmarked for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so one of the. I mean, we knew she was going to go, but one of the things that we stressed that she needed to do was, was, I don't even want to call it fundraising because in a sense, I guess it was, but it, it, it was more of her showing her heart to people. And I'll let her explain a little bit of that. Uh, so no matter what we got, we had the money for both of us to go. Uh, like I said, God had already blessed us in that. Mm-hmm. And I, I can let you talk to, to the, uh, what you did. Okay. The um yeah, it's it wasn't fundraising. I um like wrote out letters of like what I was going to do and um like asking more for prayer, but like money would I don't want to say be helpful, but like be a I don't know. You basically said that I'm asking for your prayer. If if God's leading you to to yeah. give to give to the trip, I would love to have that. But that's not why I'm writing this letter. Sure. I'm writing yes. this letter to the people that are closest to us mm-hmm. and asking for the prayer and, and what God wants to show or wanted yes. to show her. Yeah. Yeah. However, God shows you that, to support you. Yep. Yes, yeah. whatever like whatever that is. is prayer, whatever that is, like reaching yep. out to me and like yep. just asking me like like helping me like get ready for the trip or whatever. Like just like anything that you could like give would be like like amazing and like it just it really just showed me how much god like was will like was going to provide for this trip because like like i was shown so much generosity Hmm. like through the people and like all of that like 
I got way more like money than I like ever expected to get, mm. which is amazing. Um, and it just like it proved to me like yes, this is like what God wants me to do. Like He wants me mm. to be on this trip, and He is going to pr- provide. And like even though, like, we like did have the money, like God is going to make a way for you to go. Mm-hmm. And, and the great she didn't tell this part of it, and probably for reason wise, but. She got a job last year, and one of the things that we try to teach both of our kids is, A, giving mm-hmm. when you get paid, and B, something that I never did growing up, and me and Heather had a hard time you know, early in marriage, was you give to savings. Mm-hmm. So you give to God, and you give to savings. And we'd already started her savings account with a certain amount of money and basically said, anything that you put in there above and beyond this amount of money, will go to the trip. Well, she worked hard all last summer, all the way up until money was due. And at one point, the majority of the money that she had for the trip was her own money. Hmm. Now we were still short. I mean, you know, quite a bit short. Uh, And that's when God said, okay, I see your work. I see how diligent you've been and how, you know, I've I put this on your heart to go and, and you were doing your part as a teenage girl to um, put away for this trip. Mm-hmm. And, and God blessed her. I mean, it is we got we got the amount plus 100 bucks is what it cost <laughs> between her savings and what people gave to us, uh, gave to her wow. for her to go to the trip because we didn't ask for any. We, I didn't send a letter. I didn't ask for anything. We had people ask about me and like, yeah. This is about Brighton, not about me, not about Heather, not about, you know, anything like that. So I I believe that God put something in her heart. She was diligent to work for God in that. And God blessed her by giving her that Mm. funds to be able to to go, knowing that even if she didn't get all of it, that it it was going to happen anyways. But he he blessed her in that way. And in a sense, blessed our family. He, sure. I mean, it was it was truly amazing to watch friends and family and and even one donor we don't even know who it is mm-hmm. gave to the, the the ministry leader said this is for Brighton I don't want them to know who we are uh, but we're we're doing this because awesome. it's Brighton and uh, you know she wrote them a thank you note and gave it to gave it to <laughs> the leaders and they they passed that on so we still don't know who that is but that was a big chunk of money that came in from mm. that one person. Mm. And we had we had three donors that were a lot of money for. I mean, we two of them we knew are great friends, and we're like, yeah, no, you can't do this. I'm like, no, y'all are family. This is, we would do this for our kids, so we're doing it for your kid. Mm-hmm. So cool. for her to see that generosity, um, I think was amazing and and helped open up a new world to her. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so we're getting closer to the trip. It's paid for, whatever needs to happen. So how's your anxiety as you're getting closer to departure date? <laughs> well, that's funny. No, it's not funny. <laughs> it's funny now. I mean, it's I know you now. mentioned anxiety as being an issue and what the enemy's attacking you with. So how's it How's it mm. as you get closer and closer? So um, Satan tried very hard to discourage me from going. There was... Mm multiple times uh, leading up to getting on the plane, leading up to the weekend before we got on the plane, mm-hmm. that um, 
I I almost had to change and say, Heather, you're going. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, probably the the biggest part was is he told me I was going to die there. Mm. He 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 gave me that lie that you're not coming home from Israel. Mm. He goes, you go, but you're not coming home. Mm. And never, it was never about Brighton. It was never about anybody else. It was just me. I was not coming home. And um, I held it in for a little while. And then I had talked to Casey after one of the meetings and she prayed, we prayed together and it kind of went away a little bit. And it was about two weeks before. I mean, it hit me hard. Mm. I was, I was having dreams. I was having um, just the thoughts were coming in and, um, I knew it wasn't from God. I knew it was from the enemy, mm. but they were still real. And mm. and what really got, it got real was he told me, he goes, you need to write a letter to all your family. Mm. You need to write a letter wow. to your wife. Wow. You need to write a letter to your kids. You need to write a letter to your mom and dad, to your brother, and basically just give your, uh, <laughs> give your speech of, you know, Love being in your lives and sorry, I'm gone kind of thing. Mm. And I woke up one morning. I was just, it was a Saturday morning. I woke up and I was just, I'm sitting there just crying in bed. Mm. Heather didn't hear me. And uh, I think it was that next day, that Sunday, we, we, we met with Ed and um, <clears throat> walked through it. And I mean, it's what we knew it was. It was a spiritual attack. Yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> from the moment we, left Ed's office or really it was even going into his office. I mean, that all went away hmm. and there was a peace. And, and at that point in time, I knew what was happening, obviously, but um, I knew I was supposed to be there. Hmm. Didn't know why I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, it was, it was some crazy stuff uh, kind of going up to. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so you travel your first time over the over the ocean there so uh, as as any travel date i think mine is always you know it takes us 24 hours to get to uganda from beginning to getting to the guest house three different flights um but for y'all what was it just one hop one plane two planes two planes we had a layover we had a, lay, a connecting flight in miami okay so you go to miami then you fly into tel aviv tel aviv and then you get a bus to wherever you're going to stay. Okay. So I don't count that as, I don't know, it might've been for you. Was that an awe moment right then when you were in Israel at that point? Or was it the next day when you started seeing things? I think, so that night before we went to, to our hotel, we went to dinner first mm. at the hotel that we were going to stay at. And I think like, cause it was right by like, I think like eating dinner there. And, like, just, like, seeing, like, that food kind of, like, brought me into the culture, kind of. And so, like, then the next day I could, like, really appreciate, like, I'm here. Like, I'm fully, like, here. You know? Yeah, that's the question I'm asking. So, for both of you, like, when did it set in? I am in the Holy Land. Because, you know, first time I ever went to Africa, it didn't set in that I was in Africa until I woke up the next day and I spent some time there and I was like, oh, my gosh, we're in a third world country on the other side of the world. You know, when did it set in that you were in the Holy Land? I think for me, it was a little different. I got the privilege of sitting next to Casey as we flew in Mm -hmm. and she had the window seat and I was in the middle seat, which 
was fun in itself. Mm. Uh, oh, I cannot stand in the middle. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I was between two little girls. I mean, oh and, and I still felt squashed. Um, watching her mm. as we were over the water and you could see Tel Aviv. And, and she, 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 she said a phrase to me that just, it, it really got me. She goes, I feel like I'm being pulled in. I'm not coming in. Mm. Like her draw is to be in the Holy Land. Mm. They've been gone so long as a family and she's been going for most of that time. And she goes, I'm being pulled there. And to see her and how she was responding Mm. to just coming in there, God used that to me. So if I could feel it coming in. I could feel mm-hmm. we were going into the Holy Land, not like Casey, um, but I could definitely feel it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it pretty well got me, you know, 30 minutes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine was definitely the first time I went was the Sea of Galilee when we were out on the boat. Like, we were there, we, you know, we stayed at the caboots and, and we were out. It just kind of seemed like a campground. But then, like the first, I think it was either the first morning or the second morning that we were there, we were out on the Sea of Galilee and we were singing at sunrise. And you look around, and you see, you see the, um, like you just, you're recalling scripture mm-hmm. and, and you don't realize how close everything is. Yeah, I've heard that. To, to to where Jesus walked. Like it, we talked about the Sea of Galilee and going across. And you're like, man, that must have been a huge sea. And it's it's not. I mean, you can you could swim kind of across <laughs> the, the sea, you know? And uh, but then you, you know, you look up and it was either between the Sea of Galilee and I think we went to Carmel right before that, the night the day before that. So right in that space was when it just kind of hit me like Oh, hmm. and he's kind of had to sit with that for a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, talk about pulling you. The first time I went, I didn't really know what to, what to, but then you, then you go again and it's like that, like you're being pulled. Like I completely understand what she's talking about. Oh, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but as I was there, hmm. my feeling was different than when I got home. And yeah. I, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll get to that later. Sure. Um, huh. Go ahead. Oh, I'm making these up as I go. No, so. no. I mean, you <laughs> brought up the particular order. order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no particular order. Yeah. So if you got it so, now, in the city of Galley was the, the basically the first place you yeah, stayed. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. that sunrise boat ride was was that was probably the first time I was in awe mm-hmm. when I was there. You know, I, I felt it coming in, but to, to be on the sea and to be singing yeah. and to to go out to mm. not even the middle, but you're you're out of ways and, and, and when we were there the the sea was just calm and they stopped, everything went quiet mm. and you know, people were kind of finding their place on the boat to to be around looking at everything and and you know Two things I was looking at, the mountains around mm-hmm. and my daughter. Mm-hmm. And and pretty much the whole time she sat in the same spot 
And she was just looking out. And I have a picture of it. And I didn't bring my phone or I'd show y'all. Mm-hmm. And she's just looking out. I didn't even know she t- I took the picture of her. And, and to just watch the wheels turning in her head, first of all, was just – that was God pulling back the curtain a little bit about yeah. about my daughter for me. And, and then just sitting there just like, just think of all the things that happened here. Mm. You know, he walked on this water. He, he, this is where they caught the fish. This is, I mean, this was the beginning of the ministry mm. and, and you're just sitting there and you're just, you're like, I'm, I'm here where, you know, he could have just walked up right next to me. Those were the most um, intense moments for me was the, the, the time frame we were in yeah. the Sea of Galilee. All the places we went, we're sitting there on Mount Carmel, and I'm sitting mm-hmm. there up there on a rock. I'm just envisioning that fire coming down and just engulfing, just all, the engulfing all that. And he's just sitting there laughing at him, saying, hey, do, do it again. Do, do it louder. Speak louder. Oh, get some water and pour on my altar. And and then, and, I, and I'm just sitting there. I call my wife mm. up there, and I was just, I'm just sitting there just crying. Mm. I mean, you're looking out, and you're just like, wow. This this is where that happened. This, this is where that happened. Mm. And yeah. So Brighton, tell us what <laughs> the wheels are turning on the boat. What's what are you thinking about? I think that was the first like moment of the trip where I was like, I felt like I could truly like be alone with God. Because like before that, like everyone everything was just like not crazy, but like I was just with people all the time and I was trying to have conversation with people and I was like trying to listen, but also like I have a side comment here, but like once we got on that boat, like I knew like this is my time with God mm. because like this is where like Jesus walked like on this water. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was like on a boat in this water, like just like I am. And like, it just showed me like, he is like, like in that moment, it was just like me and God. I was mm. just like looking out of like the Mount of Beatitudes. Like you can just like see it mm. right across. And I was like, that's, like right there is where like Jesus like preached to like all those people. And like just seeing that and just like seeing like the stillness of the boat mm. and like everyone was singing. And like there was a time where like when everyone was singing and like everyone was like still like like talking and stuff like I just like kind of turned around and I just like faced the water because like I I didn't want to talk to people in that moment. I wanted to talk to God and I wanted to hear from God and I wanted to see what God wanted to show me Mm. and like like it was just so beautiful to like see like like i don't even remember like what me and god talked about Mm. but i remember it was like an amazing and it just like changed my whole view of the trip because before that i was like really like focused on people and like oh i need to be like be caught up with the group or also like feel left out but like it wasn't about the people like the people that I was with, like were amazing and like I loved them, but like it wasn't about me being with the people and me mm-hmm. talking to the people and me like, like it was about me and God and like what God wanted to show me and what I was there to see, like specifically what God brought me there to see. And just, I don't know, like the atmosphere just like shifted for me. Like it was just, mm-hmm. it was a slight shift, but it was just like, like once they turned that boat off and like the sea, like it, everything went quiet. Like <laughs> everybody just found like their worship place. And I was just sitting there like just worshiping God. 
because like this is beautiful like this is where you were all those years ago and like here i am like basically in the same place Mm. like it was just like mind-boggling to me (laughs) like how how he brought me there to show me that and he wanted to show me that So you see the Mount of Beatitudes, you see the place where Jesus fed the 5,000, you see all these things in and around the Sea of Galilee, and before you transition to Jerusalem, what what is what does God tell you there at the end of that? Because it's it's the tale, this, this trip is a tale of two, two acts almost, right? You have the Sea of Galilee moment, and almost like it follows the the trek of Christ through his ministry. So you start in Galilee where it's green and lush and all these beautiful things before you move to Jerusalem. And it's very much not that. Mm-hmm. What, what, before you transition to Jerusalem, what, for me, both times I went, there was, there was a shift for me. It, it was, it, it was, hey, let me take this all in. God, show me what you need to show me. Now there's intentionality before I move to Jerusalem. Now there's 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 a heaviness or a weight that comes before I move there because I know what happened there. I know what went down there and I know what even in prayer time before going there there is a spiritual weight before it is. So what what what's that transition like? Was there that transition for you before that's that switch from Galilee to Jerusalem? Honestly, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Um <clears throat> The, the whole trip for me was enlightening. Um, I do feel that I was revealed more when we were at the Sea of Galilee. Mm. I, I felt more connected with God mm. when we were at the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Galilee. Um, things that we got to do there. I mean, how often do you get to baptize your daughter in the Jordan River? Right. I mean, I mean. Uh, that was just a, a boohoo mm-hmm. moment, anyways. I mean, I, I was shaking, I was nervous, I was crying, and 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 it's freezing, and it's freezing, oh. and <laughs> you know, two things. First of all, it was it was it was TJ that we were talking before we went, or when we when we were there, and we were talking about what was going to happen and everything. I said, mm-hmm. I, I want to be in the river at the same time with with Brighton. He's like. You're going to baptize, mm-hmm. which I wanted to, but I didn't want to say anything, yeah. right? Because right? he's the minister, and he he was brought there for a reason. And he, I was like, I was like, really? He's like, yeah. Why else? Who else would do it? Right. I'm like, well, cool. First of all, I said, and, and then be able to talk to her and say, hey, uh, TJ said I could baptize you, and she's like, yeah, cool. So <laughs> that, awesome. that was awesome. Um, but but to have all those moments with mm. God and him showing you things the transition to Jerusalem was was not was I not what I was expecting mm. I was expecting to to see and feel and hear and it was almost like when we got to the city limits there was a wall put up mm. I believe it was there on purpose sure. I believe it was there for multiple reasons mm. um one being first trip there uh Second being is that early in our trip and first part of the trip mm. when we were at Teledan, right? Mm. Um, cool. Our leader, 
uh, was helping somebody else and he slipped off a rock and basically twisted his ankle, got banged up really bad. Mm-hmm. It was a, barely could do anything the rest of the trip. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, God has showed me that, that he was going to utilize me to kind of be the caboose. Yeah. So we were always at the back of the line, making sure everybody got there. So I think my focus changed because I wanted to make sure that everybody that we had in our group got to where they needed to be. Right. And so I missed out on some of the teaching because we were trying to get people caught up. And um, so I think that was part of the change for me mm. going into Jerusalem. Um, but there was a good chunk of days there that it seemed quiet for me uh, until the last day. Yeah. I don't know if you agree about that. You can. Um, when I, okay, like when I was there, I could not tell you a shift. I could tell you a shift in chaos Mm. because I thought that like the Sea of Galilee was overwhelming, but like, no, when I think about it, like that was spiritually overwhelming. Mm. And then when I got to Jerusalem, it was like physically and mentally overwhelming. Mm. Like it was just, there was so much going on and there was so much happening and I wanted to see all of it, but I also couldn't. Right. Because I knew the, I knew my capacity, and I, I knew what I could take. In my brain, and I knew what like what I could understand, and like what, what God needed to show me, mm. and I knew that like, we missed out on some teachings for like a reason because, me like I was I was trying to take it all in that like I feel like I wasn't taking anything in Hmm. so like there was just so much going in that it was just gone right back out Hmm. which is why like i tried to take a lot of notes and stuff and i did take a lot of notes but like i feel like they're not as as detailed as i would like them to be um but i remember on the drive to jerusalem i was like okay god prepare me Hmm. i was like if i like this is your city Hmm. Um, whatever you want me to see, like, help me see it. And I was like, I love it here. And I want to stay here. Hmm. Like, part of me, like, didn't want to go to Jerusalem because I wanted to stay in, like, the calm and, like, Hmm. the slow, like, you're going to learn this. And then we're going to go over here and learn this, like, in a long time span. Hmm. And we're going to walk and we're going to see the pretty nature to, like, like I didn't like again. I didn't know what to expect, but I knew it was going to be chaos. Mm. Um, and like on the drive up there, God told me He was like, "You know, it's okay. You're going to be back." And I was like, "Okay, hey, do you mean like when I die? And I'm <laughs> obviously going to come back, or like like in a couple of years I'm going to come back? Like what is it?" And He was like. You'll be back. You'll be back. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for telling me that. That like eases my like, like wanting to learn everything because like, I was like, it's okay if I don't learn this here because mm-hmm. I'll be back and I'll yeah. learn it again. Um, and so that's like what really helped me like get through like the big shift in like chaos. Mm. Um, but like when I think of it now, this might not make sense, but when I think of it now, like I think of like the Sea of Galilee and all of like before that, like as like a light green color mm. and then Jerusalem is like a dark green color. Mm. 
I just, I don't know. Because I just feel like there's more, I see more darkness there. I saw more darkness there. Yeah. And I guess that's like why in my head it's associating with the dark green. And, and I will say there's nothing, there's nothing that I've experienced in life like coming into Jerusalem and actually. Did they play the song? They played the song. Did it did it time perfectly? No. Okay. No. So the crazy <laughs> thing is like the very first time I went, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know what the song was. I mean, I've been in music ministry and everything else for you know decades. I've never heard this song in my life. In the moment we hit the crest to come over where you see the golden dome, the words Jerusalem ring it out. And I just went all, all over the place. I was not expecting it. Uh, but the second time we went, it didn't time out that way. But it is like in that moment, I, I had to stop and just like the last time Jesus was here, he was going to his death. Like it. You just, it, it's hard. It's hard to, to kind of grasp and put your, your hands around that. Um, and I can't imagine with all the things that y'all had on this trip that were just out of the ordinary wow. to, to kind of, that might've just refocused a little bit in that moment, even with all the chaos. Um, so what is that? Like you go in, did y'all stop where the tombs were? Yes. And they're all facing towards, yes. um, the uh, what is that? Uh, the 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 platform. The uh, what is it called? The Temple Mount. Temple Mount. Thank yes. you. Um, there's a lot of a lot of fun stories about that place, but that was that was that was impactful. I've never seen anything like that, where all these above ground tombs and they're all facing there because they're waiting for the Messiah to come. And it's just it's rows and levels of this of of tombs waiting. And it's like, hmm. yeah. So you know we 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 read in the word about all the walls hmm. that were built. Pretty much every city hmm. had a wall, right? And, and, and you read about them like a yeah, wall. A I mean, wall. it's a wall until you see it, hmm. you don't understand it. And to see a just just what they built mm. in the time frame they built it, it just amazes me. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have cranes. Of course, now they got cranes everywhere in right. Jerusalem. But <laughs> at that time, they didn't have cranes, you know, doing this. And, and the way they were able to build these walls that has lasted this long and have lasted this yeah. long. The way they built that. See, I mean, it, it, it's a sight to see. Mm. It, it, it's just. It, and I don't want to say I didn't get anything out because I got a whole lot out of Jerusalem. Yeah. And I just sure. didn't get what I thought I was going right. to get. I got what I needed at the time. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and seeing that for the first time, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was an awe moment, you know. And then, you know, then when you get into it, I mean, chaos is 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 a good word for it because there was times that it was it was chaos. And, and you're you're walking like <clears throat> and shoulder to shoulder. Shlummy. Your tour guide does not wait for anyone. Oh, no. Like, you got to keep up. He's ready to go. Yeah. We, we were waiting for them. We, where's Shlomi? Does somebody have an eye on him? He'd so, be like, gone. Yeah. Three miles out. Well, and everybody wants to take pictures. And, right. And everybody wants to enjoy it. And I, and I get that. I, I'm the same way. Um, you know, we, we there's a lot of up and down yeah. hills and everything. And so we had some 
some people that um, mm. that was challenging for them. Sure. So they would fall back and then her and I would fall back because we were trying to make yeah. sure they got. And I, I just had to keep an eye on Shlomi to see where he was at. Mm-hmm. So we knew where we were going. Um, so that, I think that's what kind of to see Jerusalem mm. that way. And you see all the stuff around and you're like, well, none of that was there. Right. It was just this area. Now, I wish we went on day, it was either day three or day four that we were in Jerusalem. We went to um, where they have the Dead Sea Scrolls Mm. in the museum. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, they've got the, like a, like a model a town yeah. Of, yeah of jerusalem and i mean it's huge I'm gigantic like, it, it's yeah. it's really big but you're you're kind of up and you're, you're looking at it it would have been a whole lot mm. more helpful to go there first sure yeah. and say an idea. oh okay yeah. and then when i saw happening. and we were walking in because right once you get in there there's just buildings and you're just kind of <laughs> that's a good that's you're a good going point. everywhere yeah. and it, it, you don't see the perspective but when we a couple of days later, when we're looking at things, like, oh, okay, we started there and we went there, and this is what happened there, and so that, that was pretty cool to see that perspective then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I believe I'm like her. I, I think I will be back. I know I'll be back. I just want to win. <laughs> right. Um, so, so for each of you, give me the most impactful moment of the trip. The 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 probably the one. The part of the trip that brings the tears, the part of the trip where you felt closest to Christ, the part of the trip that really just, you know, this this is what the whole trip was all about. I think, I think we might have the same answer. So the last. Oh, that's day, interesting. So you write yours down, then we write yours down, then we'll compare. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The last day is that what you're going to say? Probably. Okay. <clears throat> so the last day was when we went to. Um, or do you want to say? It? Go ahead. You know I can't say those words. Say okay. the the Garden of Gethsemane, right? That's the one I can't say. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it took me a second. I said I said the Garden of Golgotha yesterday, and I was like, I was thrown back. Hold on. Um. So we went to the Garden of Gethsemane, where um Jesus went to pray um after the um, the Passover meal. Correct. Yes. Correct. Um. And so it was like the craziest we had ever seen it. Like, like Jerusalem, like it, like sardines in there and like, like buses, like we had to wait so long. Like we, we were going to go to the Mount of Olives again. Mm. Right. Um, But we ended up not doing that because like the bus seeing like, it was like a couple hour wait to like get up there. So this was on Saturday uh, before we left and Friday they had a marathon in the city. So pretty much all the tours oh, wow. dispersed and went everywhere else. And then they all came, came back, back on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we're at the, we're at the church and that's where we actually lost some people. Uh, we found them. Thankfully. The church. Of the <laughs> yes. yeah. 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 So we're, we're at the church. No, no. Is that it? What? It's the very ornate church there. Were they the other possible place where Jesus was buried? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. no, no, no. This is the one that's across from the, uh, across from the city. The one in, in the, the garden. garden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I'd love to help you all out, but I'm the only one in the room that hasn't been. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I can't we re- could show you pictures. And again, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that place was just 
swamp. That's what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like crazy. Like it's because everyone was in the church and like trying to get in the church. And we went in the church for a little bit, but we left because it was just so crowded. And there was nothing that we could really talk about in there. Mm -hmm. And so um, Rob took us to um, like a little section of the garden where like nobody was. I don't know why there was nobody. Like, we, we were like the only ones over there. And it was only like a couple feet. Like the church was like right. Like it was only a couple feet from the church. Um, and like we were the only people there. Like we could hear each other perfectly. Like and so Rob started teaching about and just like telling us about how Jesus came here and wept before he was like went to go get crucified after he after the Passover meal. So this is where he, you know, he wept and asked for if this cup to pass from me. Pass from me, mm-hmm. but your will be my, but your will be done, not mine. Yeah. So this is where he's discussing all this, and, and I'm sure I've heard this before. Uh, and this is also where basically everybody came out, and Judas was was, you know, this is where Judas went to right. kiss him, and they arrested right. him, and 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 took him in, and and did the things they did. Um, <clears throat> But we're sitting there, and again, we were probably in this little corner for 30 minutes, and they're teaching to us. And I know I've heard it before, but I didn't click until it didn't now. click until mm-hmm. now. But we talk about the Passover and what they what the Passover meant, the time frame of the Passover, and and basically the days leading up to it. Yeah. And I can't remember day one through nine is something. And then day nine through 14 is when they have the lamb and they mm-hmm. actually have multiple lambs, five lambs, and they are watching the lambs during this five day time frame. And I guess they have the one they're going to use and then four backups. And if if any blemish happens mm-hmm. to that lamb, he gets a gray hair, anything else, basically he shoot away. And that's why they have the backups. So it has to be a perfect non-blemished lamb mm-hmm. that they sacrifice on the 14th day. Well, so we talk about Palm Sunday and how Jesus is coming into the city and they're laying down the palm branches and he's riding on the donkey and they're laying down the robes and everything else. This was like day nine. Right. He's being presented to the people. Right. And the Pharisees and everybody, all the Religious people, they they were watching him over this time frame, mm. looking for that blemish, looking for that that speck. Mm. Uh, they couldn't find it. Mm. They couldn't find it. He was the perfect lamb to be sacrificed mm. for our sins. Mm. And they're just saying that. I'm just sitting here just bawling mm. at this point in time because he, it's like it, it clicked yeah. that he was – the perfect sacrifice. They had to basically make up things and bring people and pay them to to go against him. And then they couldn't even crucify him right. because it was against their laws. Mm-hmm. And they had to get the Romans, Romans to, to do it. all this. Yep. They couldn't find any flaw mm-hmm. in him, which made him the perfect sacrifice, which we all know he's sinless. Right. But but he's to, to, to compare it. Like, this is why we the call Passover. him the land. Yeah. Right. I, I, it just never clicked until mm. that moment. And, and that and, is, that was probably the biggest impact of the whole trip mm. to me and my faith. 
and my my the way I look at Jesus, it, it, it just totally changed. Yeah. And I could see when it clicked in his brain because it, it all it clicked in my brain at the exact same moment <laughs> because we kind of looked like Rob said it. We looked at each other and we both just started laughing. And like, this is a serious moment. You should not be laughing in this moment. But like we, it just was <laughs> it's so the aha like, moment. It yeah, was like the aha moment. Yeah. That we didn't think of like we, we, it just didn't click. And like right then it clicked for both of us. And we mm. just, we just laughed. And like, I don't really think that people were like, why are they laughing? Like, because like they were also like going, maybe going through that realization too. But like, after like, after that initial laugh, we just both were just sitting there crying. Because mm. like, we had like a perfect, because he was on like the other side of me or not. He was like standing at a tree, like basically in front of me. And so we like, we were just both sitting there crying because we had both come to this realization, like at the same time. And like, I don't know, like what he said, like, it like changed the way I look at it. Like he's the lion and the lamb, but it's like, yeah, he is. Like that's exactly what he is. And it like lines up perfectly. And, and you know, walking through the spiritual warfare and everything, mm. I, that's what usually when one of us gets something, when we're, when we're discussing something, I mean, it's just, to me, it's just a, it's, it's a laughter. Oh, I see what you're doing mm. there. Or something like that. So yeah, that, that was just us, you know, that, yeah. that, that that's how, God talks to us and, and, and how he reveals. And I, I told you earlier that I felt like there was a wall put up mm. and, you know, might not have clicked until just now, but I feel like the reason why the wall was put up and I couldn't see all the spiritual evil there is because God didn't want me focusing on that. Right. He wanted me to focus on the lamb. Yeah. He wanted me to focus mm. on why this trip was so important for me and my daughter to be on. Yeah. It wasn't about the spiritual warfare. He'll show me all that right. when he's ready. I know it's there. Yeah. I've seen it since we've come back. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it changes your perspective. You know, when they talk about Ramadan and they're, they're showing all these images and they're talking about mm-hmm. the missiles coming over from Lebanon, we're standing on that gate of Lebanon. Right. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there looking at the mosque that, they're going in there during Ramadan and pulling people out and arresting them and yeah. trying to blame, you know, the officers when we all know that there's other aspects to that. Yeah. I see all the spiritual warfare there. But in that moment, in that trip, that wasn't my purpose to be there. Right. My purpose was to see the lamb for what the lamb was mm-hmm. and is and is going to be and why. God saved me, why he chose me, why he chose me and my daughter to be there in that moment. That's why. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And also to see why God chose this place to be the Holy Land. Not why. Not, not Arlington, Texas? Yeah, not Arlington, Texas. Not <laughs> not us seeing how the place is being fought over or how mm. darkness is, take, mm. is like there and like very present. But to see like the beauty of it and why this is God's holy land. This, yeah. These are God's people, not, not why, why is there so much darkness and God calls this like his land, you know, yeah. like we didn't see that. We saw the beauty and we saw like, like truly why, like God was like, this is, this is mine. Awesome. Okay. So as we wrap up, I want to ask, 
Uh, if I asked you, should people go to Israel? I know your answer is going to be yes. So give me a very short why, Chris. It becomes uh, the, the Bible becomes is it's always real, but it becomes real. Mm-hmm. You read it and you read the cities that he was at Capernaum. Mm. Wouldn't know what Capernaum was. I didn't even know if that was a real place. <laughs> I walked yeah. the streets of Capernaum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It becomes real. I'm reading through the Old Testament now, and I'm walking. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a chapter a day because I'm doing it slow. I'm in Genesis, mm. and, and and you know, <laughs> just where they're walking and where they're coming up from Egypt and and coming into mm. you know where God is directing them. I've been there. I know what it's like mm. now. I know. I know. I know what the. Mm. I know what the landscape is. Right. I didn't know what it was before. I mean, you told me it was a desert. I always thought you know little hills and. Mm. No vegetation, vegetation there, and that's not what it is. Yeah. So, I would say that uh, Jesus will open your eyes mm. to His land, Amen. like Brighton said, and also the culture. Like mm-hmm. it'll like introduce you to like that culture that they like in the Bible. You read they do this, and you're like, well, why do they do that? We don't do that here in America. Here in Texas, we do it differently. But like you see, like after like eating those foods and like doing those specific things because like they like they did the, that they did in the bible like you like it becomes more real like being like fully like engulfed in that culture mm-hmm. um you will be like way more connected to god than you like have ever mm-hmm. been before mm-hmm. like i felt so close to god because like because I was in God's land and like I was where God walked or Jesus walked and like just everything will click in your brain. And it'll like, if you were like skeptical before about like anything that the Bible says, like you will be so sure mm. about everything when you come back. Hmm. Can I say one more thing? <sighs> I, got okay. one, I got one more example. <laughs> okay. So, we read about Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. Okay. Nice story. Well, for some reason, God put that on my heart when I got back. Mm. Watched a lot of videos on it. We actually have uh, – Heather has an uncle that has done digs there um, around the, De- the Dead Sea Scrolls mm. and everything. Yeah. And uh, so to go back and read about Sodom and Gomorrah and where people think this was, which is around the Dead Sea, no matter mm-hmm. where you put it. All the area around the Dead Sea is basically dead. I mean, even the land has a little bit of vegetation, just weeds and stuff. But you got some spots that they're growing some things, but they have to really do some things to grow that. God did that Mm. in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. That was a fruitful place before they sinned and turned from Mm. God and, and did all the things that you know might be going on in today's world. Mm. It you see it now and you see what it's like and you can envision what it was before mm. he destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's awesome. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us.
Folks, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, visit us at thetestamentpod.com. That's thetestamentpod.com. And click on the gospel message at the top of the page. Also, you can click on the Testament podcast tab and learn more about our podcast and see what our most recent episodes are that we've launched. In addition, we're always looking for guests who want to brag on God. So please send yourself or someone you know to thetestamentpod.com and drop us a line with your interest or email us at thetestamentpod at gmail.com. We'll send you all the information we need in order to book you for an interview. Remember, do your part. Help us get these testimonies out there. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and then like and share our posts so your friends can see what we're doing too. So thanks everybody for listening. Bye.